In your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, we're dealing with a fountainhead here. Uh, you know, any stream has a headwater somewhere. And uh, for the last uh, three Wednesday nights, I, I have been going from the stream toward the headwater. Do you understand? Uh, I, we, we spend most of our time in tributaries. Uh, there's a lot of singing, nonsensical. All you have to do to write a Christian song anymore is talk about nature. It's a rain, it's a wind, it's a flood, it's a whatever. Think about it. I planted that thought in you. Now the next 10 you listen to, see if some of those words aren't in it. And none of them, none of them no beans from apple butter, what they're talking about. We were singing in here, uh, this is a move. Right? Nobody conscious. Everybody just saying words. What is a move? At my age, questions haunt me. And, and they should haunt you. I suppose I say that a lot, you know. But really, questions have always haunted me. Because questions are the primary avenue of learning. And, and, and the book still says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the body of Christ for the last 20 years has been intoxicated with what they perceive to be preaching, which is not preaching at all. Preaching is the proclamation of the truth to the world. So when you tell people, preach preacher, and they're not talking to the world outside the church, you're just showing your own ignorance. Are you listening to me now? I don't have the babies in here tonight, do I? I'm not talking about physical, I'm talking about spiritual. I have to have somewhere to have an outlet for something more than shucking and jiving. Throwing down, as it were. But nobody's changed. Everything remains the same. Why? Because it's only teaching that destroys unbelief. No, I'm going to try to save folks over here. I said it's only teaching, only teaching that destroys unbelief. And unbelief is the only thing standing between you and whatever victory you need. But that's another problem with modernists or modern preaching and modern church. It's all about you. It's your best this. It's your way out. It's your seven steps to it. How many messages do you really hear about Yahweh? Who? God. So we try to worship a God 
And we're like the ancient Athenians when the apostle Paul walked up and said, I perceive that y'all have a problem. You've got a statue here and you're worshiping it. I don't mean to talk about modern religion. You've got a statue here and you're singing to it. And you're saying words, but your heart's in no way connected. And so you've erected this thing and you're worshiping it and it's got an inscription on it that says to the unknown God. Paul said, it's that God I came to declare to you. Because knowing God is the essence and the baseline of, Christian, of Christianity. It's who you are. Are you listening? Your relationship, not with church, not with other believers who are human, not cult worship of your favorite preacher. See, because you listen to all that stuff, but your anointing hasn't increased at all. Your depth in God is an inch deep and 50 miles wide. You have to be careful what you listen to. So, do you have your Bible? All right, let me, let me see if I... I'm, I just pulled this up here, so... Let me see if I got it. I guess I touched it, so. Okay, anybody got a paper one? <laughs> Give me a paper one. Give me a paper one. Let's see, Second Timothy. This should have been taken out when I was finished with it. Second Timothy. Uh... Chapter 3, I believe. You say, how do you know? <laughs> Someone said, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Second Timothy, chapter 3. Oh, yeah, that's it. This is a good place to start. All right? We began talking about gifts in the house. Right? And then, then the Holy Ghost shifted me to the gift in the house. Now then, last week, a week ago, because Pastor Tony Suarez was with us last week, but the week before that, I, I got into describing to you who God, first of all, who God was in the Holy Spirit. And then God said, go deeper with them and talk to them about just who God is, who I am. I am that I am. Are you with me? And we found out all kinds of stuff in that regard. We found out, for instance, that you were created in the image of God. Somebody tell me what that means. Imagio Dei. Okay, what does it mean? There you go. 
a reflection, right? A reflection, not a copy. Not a copy, but a reflection of God. That's how you, human persons, were created. True? In the image of God. A reflection of the glory of God. So then what is the glory of God? Oh, we in the glory. No. What is the glory of God? You see, again, we quote these little chivalrous of tradition because you heard somebody say it and it sounded cool, but you never ask yourself the question, what am I saying? What is the, oh God, send your glory. He better not. Because he knows where you were last night. He knows that you've not cracked the Bible for the last seven days. He understands how lonely he is in your prayer closet. So be careful what you ask for. The glory of God is the manifested, tangible presence of God. Now, God has to take himself through a process to be manifested in tangibility. Why? God is that spirit. So can, how then can he have tangibility? Don't you ever ask yourself a question? So I've showed you three things in two minutes when you're worshiping or whatever it is you call it and telling God, oh, we want your glory. First of all, you don't know what you're asking for. Secondly, most believers would be a whole lot like a dog chasing a car. If the glory did manifest, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Are you here? Now, do you want to learn anything? Do you want to learn anything? Because like I already know this. I love you and I came in here to make an impartation. I came in here to get beneath the surface with you because again, the church at large knows nothing. We don't, we don't know anything. Why? We don't study. We study Netflix. I'm not condemning you. You're the one who said you want more of God. You want to go deeper with God. You're the ones brave enough and bold enough to show up in the middle of the week. You didn't come for just more of what you've already got, did you? You didn't come for cheap Christianity, did you? You didn't come for the currently accepted, low-keyed, low-level, surface-only, emotion-driven Christianity, did you? So, so let's think a little bit. Let's, let's go into this thing. And when you go into the word, the first thing it begins to do is prune you. 
But again, we've developed a church that does not like to be corrected about anything. Nothing. We become a bunch of Miriams. God speaks to me too. Well, how's that working out for you? Because don't seem to me like you can even tithe, much less be prospered. Look to me like you got more faith in NyQuil than God. Are we here? And I believe at the root of it all is we have a complete misconception about who, I, I hesitate to say it this way, but for your, for your soulish man, who and what God is. Because I'm here to announce to you, ain't nobody figured it out. And he will never be figured, it out, figured out because his desire is that you seek him. And I don't mean a three minute, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I don't mean worshiping in worship service and trying to impress everybody with your runs. I mean, is there any oil on you? Oil. Oil. Do you fear the devil or does the devil fear you? So let's get some more. Let's get some more revelation of who he is. You want to do that together? All right. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it, it points out, what I'm telling you, uh, I believe about Let me find it here. Here it is. All right. Know this that it, we're just we're just wind up and head into it. You want to? Do you have a Bible? I, I didn't ask if you had a phone. I asked if you had a Bible. Bring a Bible to church. Bring a Bible to church. Bring a Bible to church. Will you do that? Bring a Bible to church. Here we go. Know this, that in the last days, how many of you believe we're there? How many of you believe we're there? Just had a man, a, a, a transgender man. How's that work? So what was he originally? A woman? Okay, he'd been changed physically into a man. He'd been physically changed into a man, and then he gave birth to a son in England. This is in the news today. He, he gave birth to a son, and now they're in a battle whether or not he gets to, or she, I don't know. I get confused. You know, there's evil 
in the land. There's evil. You better get in here on Sunday morning because there's evil in the land. Amen. That's just pure evil. A young lady that attends this church that works in uh, social, uh, in the social welfare system. She's a social worker. And uh, they brought her the news last week uh, about a 19-year-old beautiful blonde-haired girl who murdered her child and, 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 and then attempted to incinerate the body and then buried it in her backyard. There's evil afoot. It's time somebody gets serious about God and the things of God. Are you all right? Okay. So he said, you know, perilous times shall come. You know what perilous is? Okay, I'll give it to you. See, this is why you need a Bible. Huh? Times and situations for which there seems to be no answer. Okay, so perilous times will come. And he, remember, he's talking to the church. So he's talking to Wednesday night folk, right? And he said, men around here will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They will be boastful and proud, blasphemers. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. This explains a lot of your difficulty with other believers, so-called believers. They're truce breakers. Mm -hmm. They're slanderers. They're unrestrained. They're fierce. They're despisers of those who are good. I, told, I often tell young people when they come into our employment, especially if that employment is somewhere close to me or close to my family, I will know exactly what you are made of the first time I need to correct you. It's real quiet. Why? Because correction is no issue to the obedient. The obedient say, yes, sir, I'll correct that. I'll do everything I can to see to it. That doesn't happen anymore. All right. I got to get through this. They're, that's what I mean. They're despisers of those who are good. They despise those who point out their error. Despisers of those who are good. If, if one points out your error, it's easier for you to get mad than it is for you to fix you. It's, it's good so far? All right. They're traitors. They love you to your face and talk about you on Facebook. 
they're reckless, they're conceited, they love pleasure more than they love God. They have a, here it is, they have a form of godliness. So you know he's talking church folk. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Turning away, turn away from such people. And then it talks about women creeping into homes. Now look at verse 7. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's just say that out loud. They're ever learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, some folk misquote scripture and say, they say the truth will set you free, but the truth will not set you free. The truth that you know will set you free. So we're going to get a hold of some truth tonight. And the more truth you get a hold of, the more free you become. Do you want to be free? All right. So we're going to talk about the working of miracles. If you have a pen, if you have a pen, that's why I want you to bring a Bible. You ought to bring a notepad too, if you can't write in your Bible. But take out your pen. Take out your pen and uh, write down, maybe at the top of your page there, what do you think a miracle is? What is a miracle? What is a miracle? Atheists deny them. Believers Believers believe in them, right? But we all need and want some. If you believe you need a miracle, raise your hand. All right. You're in a, you're in a good place. You're in a good place. You're in a, something good is going to happen to you. Only if you believe something good is going to happen to you. All right? So, so somebody, somebody tell me uh, what, what you think, and there's, there's no wrong answer. What do you think a miracle is? Okay, uh, suspension of natural law. Uh, what else? What? Something only God can do. That's very good. Someone else. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know that it's a surprise, but I know this. It will surprise us. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. In, anybody else? These are all good. Yeah, right there. For something to happen that you can't explain. What about if somebody else can explain it? 
I wasn't just asking, I'm asking you. So something happens in your life you can't explain, but what if somebody else can explain it? Is it still a miracle? Got any more? This is, I really like this. What, honey? Something from the supernatural, let's say it this way, superhuman. Superhuman. Something from the supernatural coming into the natural. Could we say it this way? Something you can't see coming into manifestation so you do see it. That's pretty good, isn't it? What else? Right there. God's demonstration, right, of who he is. Okay? So let me give you mine. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here. That's for everybody. But, but I just love him. I love all of you. I'm going to get myself in trouble. All right. <laughs> all right. So what, what was the last one? God's demonstration of who he is. I like that because it's close to mine. Okay. Now, for many, many years... I said a miracle was the suspension of natural law until I started digging a little deeper. So if you, like my daughter said, the suspension of natural law, there is truth in that, but it's not the whole truth. And if we go a little bit deeper, we can find the headwaters of where that stream is coming from. And when we get there, if you see it, if you see him from whom all things flow, you won't ever have a problem believing for, receiving, and seeing miracles all the time in your life. And so everybody sat there and stared at me because they didn't believe a word I just said. Miracles are supposed to be happening all around you all the time. And there's only one reason they don't, because we haven't hit the headwater yet. But when we get to the headwater, there's going to be loosed in your life, in your family, in your future rivers of living water and everywhere they touch dead things will come alive so I'm not interested in getting in the river I want to find the headwater alright on, now on Sunday morning we can jump in the river but on Wednesday night we got to find the headwaters are you with me so let me give you in the last year what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me as what is a miracle. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this, I don't often hear God in a, a virtually audible voice. 
But this I heard in a virtually audible voice. And it was God speaking in my spirit saying, a miracle is just me being me. Say, a miracle is just God being God. Now we're going to get into some stuff. Okay, let's, uh, let, God being God, that, that, that's a miracle. He spoke it to me, me just being me. Because miracles seem hard. Okay, I'm the only one. Miracles seem difficult. I mean, like you got healing, but then you got miracles. You understand? Why y'all act like, oh, not me, because I'm like really spiritual. Well, why don't you come up here and work one? Hallelujah. How many manifestations of divine healing do you see as opposed to how many manifestations of miracles do you see? Okay? So like we're in, we're in deep stuff here. This not surface. And I'm going to tell you you're not going to walk in miracles just because you can shuck and jive. That, that's not going to happen. Watch this. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Watch now. God breathed. Say that out loud. Circle that in your Bible or write it down in your note. God breathed. Now remember, you are created how? In, in the, in, good, that's, that's even a better way to say it. Not just in the image, but in the reflected image of God. And we, yeah, because we understand that if you've got a cube and you hold the cube up to the light, Look at that, David's got me a cube. If, if you have a cube and you hold the cube up to the light, it will cast a reflection. The cube is three-dimensional, just like you are, spirit, soul, and body. And the way God has revealed himself to you, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, these three agree in one, which if you were here two weeks ago, you found out is not impossible. It is not only possible, it is the fact that God does not exist in three dimensions. Because you are three dimensions, and if you, God was only three dimensions, then you would be God. True? So if you hold a three-dimensional object in a light, 
it will cast a shadow in how many dimensions? Two. So its reflected image is one degree or, or one dimension less than in reality it is. So you are a reflection of God, meaning there is part of God that you are not. And only He is. Good God, I wanted to get ahead of myself, but I, I, I mean, because I just told you that God is an entire, at least one, I personally believe, many dimensions greater than you. Can I tell you that out of the very being of God, there are unborn ages. There are new realms. There are universes. Else what are we all going to rule and reign over? Look, the city of Jerusalem is moving. The new city of Jerusalem will be moving. Yeah, God. In fact, do you understand, I'm getting ahead of myself, that everything in you right now is moving? And I'm not talking about your bowels. Some of you may need a little help with that. We can get moving for you. Everything is moving. Everything in the known universe is moving. If you could look beyond the molecular structure of this wood, you would see that it is moving. Everything is moving. Everything is vibrating. I'll get ahead of myself and tell you why. Because God said, let there be. Now, now you know what I've told you about salvation being a present progressive verb? We only have three verbs in English, right? Past, present, future. The Greeks had six. Are you with me? God has a whole lot. In fact, God's consonants are vowels. You didn't hear me. God's consonants are vowels. A vowel in our vernacular is something always moving. A vowel, that's and a verb, are, that's act, a verb is an action word. Yes? Well, watch this. God takes it to another level from your three-dimensional past, present, future. You, it, am I hurting you? God, I wish I had somebody to talk to. Just, somebody that didn't need me. Abraham! Bunch of nonsense. Watch this. Past present, future. That's in our three-dimensional world. But also, if you dig deeper, there is present progressive tense. What does that mean? That means it never stops. Creation has never stopped. 
Because God never took his hand off of what he made. Or it would not exist. Everything is moving. Your body is moving. After you die, your body is still moving. They tell me my beard's going to grow for two weeks. Oh, I wish it'd grow for about a year and a half. But I, no, it's still moving. Even when it's decaying, it's moving. It's breaking down. It's becoming a part of the elements from which it came. And then you plant a tomato over where you don't know 500 years ago somebody died and you eating tomatoes and they're moving. Everything is moving. The universe is expanding at 186,000 miles a second, not in three dimensions, but in every dimension. In quantum physics or quantum theory, everything at its lowest, most base level is moving. Moving. Not just big objects, the smallest of objects, the indetectable objects are moving. Now, the reason I could go all preacher up on you right now and tell you that you're moving. Why are you staying like you are? Why do you only know today what you knew yesterday? Why do you have no more anointing today than you had three weeks ago, maybe less? Because you're not moving. You're stationary. Okay, here we go. Well, I just say I'm moving. Say creation is moving. Say God is moving. All right, so let's, let's think about God. Just say God. God's name, when the Hebrews tried to describe it, they did the best they could do. And they came up because the name of God was so holy, right, that they didn't want to speak it, much less damn it, or watch or be entertained by those who do. God, Lord, Jehovah, Yod, Hey. Now, later, later, much, much, much later, the Wah became Vod. But originally it was Wad. Wah. Now, nobody can say absolutely, but it's, it's my personal belief 
that war is a better definition. I don't, of that consonant which Josephus, the great Jewish historian, called a vowel. <laughs> I just told you that he called a consonant a vowel. I'm going to show you why. So it was yod hey wah hey, four letters. Everybody say four. Not seven, not 12, not eight, not three, four. Because he's a God that exists not in three dimensions, but at least in four. yod hey wah hey. Say it. yod hey wah hey. Yod hey wad hey. Yod hey wah hey. Which became Yahweh. Yahweh. You still with me? So it was what? Yod. Say it. So the verb H W H is where. Y-H-W-H is derived from. And the three letters, H-W-H-E-Y-H-E-Y, those three letters represent something very, very powerful. They represent existence. So basically what God is saying, in His name, I exist. He didn't say, I did exist. He didn't say, I will exist. He said, I, I exist. Watch this now. So God formed man of the dust of the ground, and what did he do? Tell me what he did. Same word for wind. Same word for ruah. Same word. Right? So God breathed into man and man watch BK God excuse my Kentucky, Kentucky vernacular God never did become you became because he was and is and is to come because he exists, you became how he breathed into you. So what did he breathe? Just his breath? No, 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 no. Ezekiel 37.9, throw it up there. Ezekiel 37.9, watch this now. Then he said to me, prophesy, God speaking to Ezekiel. So he says, prophesy to the wind, to the ruah, to the breath. Prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, say to the breath, say to the ruah, thus says the Lord God, yod hey wah Come from the 
How many wins? One for Yod, one for Hay, one for Wah, and one for Hay. Prophesy to the four winds. Why winds, breath, O breath, and breathe on these slain so that they live. Say, God wants to breathe on me. God, yod heh wah wants to breathe on me. Four breaths, four winds. God Almighty. Give me the next one. Give me the next verse. Daniel 7, 2, watch this. I saw in my vision by night, behold the what? The four ruah, the yod hey wah hey. I saw yod hey wah hey of the heaven were stirring the great sea. Give me another one, Genesis 2. Go. Genesis, and the Lord God formed man, so there it is. So he's breathing life into Adam. Then the Lord God, yod heh wah Elohim, formed the man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, man became living soul. Christ Jesus, oh, I don't want you to miss this, by the agency of the Holy Spirit, inhabits every one of us in a more real way than when Jesus walked beside the disciples in the earth. Because then he had a body. And as surely as Adam was incomplete before yod hey yod hey wah hey breathed four winds, four ruachs inside him, as Adam was incomplete until that moment, so you are incomplete until you receive the breath of God. Hold on now, because I'm going to freak you out. Everybody, breathe in. Hold it. Keep holding it. Some of you have already given up. You're turning blue. Keep holding it. Keep holding it. All right, you can let it out. Most of you already did anyway. That's what believers think when they give their lives to Christ. When they get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, he breathed his breath on me. Yeah, and you exhaled 20 years ago. Go ahead, because the process of life is the process of exchange. So unless he's continually breathing in and you are continually breathing out, his life is not there. 
When's the last time he breathed on you real good? God's will is to occupy every single solitary one of us in every base molecular positioning and structure of our life. Every fiber of every being. And we build it together are a habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. So it takes all three. It takes the agency of Jesus Christ. It takes the Spirit of God and it takes the Holy Spirit. So it takes God and the Spirit. You with me? Woo! Holy Ghost a person. He's not an influence. Stay with me. I'm all right. The pro now remember I talked to you about the problem of the incarnation. Incarnation. Remember what it is? What is it? Oh my good God. The incarnation. You celebrated every Christmas. Y'all stop talking. The incarnation. What is it? Maybe if you'd listen instead of talk, you'd know the answer. What is it? God made flesh, dwelt among us, Emmanuel. So here's an invisible God, had always been invisible, will always be invisible because he does not want you to perceive him enclosed in any boundary. Say he's limitless. Say he's limitless. He's limitless. He's limitless. He's bigger than big. He's greater than great. He's amazing beyond amazing. No wonder you said, I'm able to do above anything you can ask or think. Because a three-dimensional being can go way beyond a two-dimensional being. And in fact, two-dimensional beings cannot even perceive three-dimensional beings. That's why you can't see God. But he loved you. So he wrapped himself in an earth suit to give you a blink and it is only a blink of what our father is men base their understanding on perception Right? Let me see. Okay, uh, stand up, James. Unless you're taking notes, get off your phone. Stand out here. Stand out here. Okay, let's see here. You. Come here. What? Nothing, sir. <laughs> he went, <laughs> come here. Now. 
If I had a 200-pound barbell, which one of them <laughs> do you think might be able to lift it? Uh, everybody by the clap. Uh, this one, okay, those by faith, this one. All right, why? Your perception tells you that. So if you have only a vision of God as a man, as great as that is, you will never. Even if you perceive him, you'll think, well, yeah, if Jesus was here, he could do this. But Jesus is not here, so we got to settle with James. You don't have to settle with anything. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. All right, I, I gotta, I gotta move on. I, I gotta move on. Let me, let me move on. Uh, all right. If you believe, if you think believing is seeing, then you'll be in trouble at a magician show because the hand's quicker than the eye, right? All right, now watch this. Let me go to, all right, let me go here. Let's go back to that idea well, first of all, say this with me. Say, I am the sum total, meaning the full total, the sum total. I am the sum total of everything I've been taught. Joni said something to me the other day. She said, so and so, why do they do thus and so? I said, because they've never been taught any different. If, if you were raised by half animals, you live like a half animal. If you were raised by dirty people, you be dirty. If you raised by alcoholics, chances are good in the natural, you be an alcoholic. If you don't, if you weren't raised around manners, you probably don't have any. Are you with me? We are, all of us, the sum total of everything we have learned. And that's really good news because what it means is you can be better tomorrow than you are today. The only thing between you and someone of great wealth is they know something you don't know. 
So why don't you try to find out? Watch this. Miracles are not a violation of the laws of nature. <laughs> that all came from a philosopher uh, David Hume 200 years ago. The goal was to remove Christian thought from philosophy. To silence the voice of God in the intellectual revolution. The reason they desired to do that is because, watch the bouncing preacher, they could not explain God, especially miracles. And being honest people, they had to in some way account for what people held as the miraculous. Now we are seeing exactly the same thing in America today. The God deniers, the atheists, the socialists, the Marxists will stop at nothing until they have extracted any semblance of anything remotely resembling God. Get him out of the school, get him out of the textbook, get him out of politics, no mention of God, no prayer in our schools, no faith in our politics. So this secularist came up with this whole business about miracles being a violation of natural law. Watch this. We have come so long down that road that we don't even remember that nature and creation are not the same thing. Nature is not even a biblical term. Nature is a secular term. A humanistic worldview term. So if I use it in my definition, and I say miracles cannot be because it's breaking the laws of nature. People interpret that as God breaking God's law. And Are you bored? Like I can quit any time. Is it 10 o'clock yet? Maybe that's why people don't want to come out on Wednesday night because I'm not done at eight. Of course, when I don't get the pulpit, 
till 10 minutes, till 8. Because 40 minutes was wasted. Then it bumps the hands that way. So here we are. Their goal was to eliminate God from all thinking in the Western world. Here's how I know. Watch this. God declared what in creation? What did he say? In creation, what did God say? Thank you. Let there be. We don't even have to say light. We don't even have to go that far. That's a whole other uh, that's a whole other discourse for you. The properties of light. Let there be. And God never took his hand off it. It is still being. Let there be is still reverberating through the entire quantum field. Now, if you don't know what the quantum field is, it's the building block of everything in the known universe scientifically. This alone, let there be. This alone, oh my God. This alone is the only reality holding all things together. What? Let there be. Let there be. Healing. Well, healing doesn't have to come from anywhere because he is healing, therefore healing is. Now faith is. Stay with me. Stay with me. Watch now. Let there be is a present progressive word that is sustaining what God began when at creation. Please don't be deceived into thinking that this world is all God has ever done or may be doing right now. The Bible is only the expression of God's dealing with this blue marble planet and the inhabitants thereof. He may have 10 billion things like this going on. I'm sure that it does. He is God. And you think it's something for you, for God, God, to heal your sugar diabetes? He's God. 
No wonder the scripture said, with him, nothing is impossible. Good God Almighty, am I helping anybody? You want me to quit? Here we go. So let there be is present progressive. Just like you weren't saved, you're being saved. Let there be is reverberating through the entire quantum field. Everything in the known universe. Do you know why this wood is moving? Let there be. Do you know why everything in your body? Do you know that right now, look at your hand. There's nothing in that hand or about that hand that is what it was seven years ago. Your body completely remakes itself every seven years. So when you say, I'm not who I used to be, you talking true. You're not who you used to be. So how about you make a determination to be a better you? Should I not love it this much? Should I not love his word this much? This alone is the reality holding all things together. Hebrews. Well, let's go to Colossians 1 first. Colossians 1, 17. And he is before all things. <laughs> and by, I'll tell you why I did that little dance. Just, just in a minute. What is it, 10 yet? Oh my, I've got nine minutes. And by him, what? How many things? Oh, you got it up there? And he is before all things, and by him all things what? Hold together. By him all things. If you have not lost your mind yet, he's holding it together. If you if you're not losing your family yet, he's holding it together. If you haven't lost What a great God. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, meaning he was before it all. For it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, To reconcile all things to himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So that's the whole universe. You with me? So what's holding it together? Well, he said, now in this verse, he says, because we're, we're into the new covenant here. So here he's drawing attention to Jesus. And he said, by his blood. Do you, if you'd read my book on the cross, which would be a good thing for you to do, if you read my book on the cross, you'd find out that there is a molecule called laminin. There it is. That's how it exists in the natural world. 
Laminin is the glue that holds together the molecular structure of every single cell in every living thing. Look what it looks like. That's in my book. You ought to read it. Now, wait a minute. Now, that's over here. And he's speaking about Jesus at that point. He's speaking about the blood of his cross, right? But now let's dig deeper. Look at Hebrews 1.3. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of himself, and he upholds all things. How? How? Go back, leave that, go back a few minutes ago to yod heh wah yod heh wah God, four winds. Say, say out loud the English vowels. Sometimes what? So say them all. A. This is what we learned at World Harvest tonight. We learned our vows. Go. Did your tongue ever touch your teeth? Did your lips ever touch each other? Now say Yahweh. Say Yahweh. There's nothing that can hinder, stop, interfere with the wind of God coming up out of your spirit. When you speak his word, it is his word. He, oh, sit down. Oh, I want to run. you're holding together right now because he set for you to hold together. You haven't lost your mind because he set. Jesus could not remain in the tomb because David said concerning him. What he's saying is that he, that spirit, puts an anointing on some words, Jesus said, the words that I say to you, spirit and life. When God puts his yod heh on his word that you speak, Miracles happen. When creation is spoken to by its creator, I'm not talking about nature. I'm talking about creation. 
When creation is talked to by its creator, creation responds. Because behind the creation, there is a creator. And he reserves the right to accelerate or suspend anything in this universe because he is behind it all. Now, science can only explain what they think they know about laws, right? The law of gravity. You would call that a natural law. But what if I put this microphone, as I often do, in an airplane? And that's not even a miracle. But the natural law is suspended because there's enough of the creative spark of God left in men. Before the world was framed, before a mathematical equation ever existed, before there was the scientific theory of relativity. There was yod heh who is and who was and who will be the I am that I am. And he is still saying, let there be. What a God. Okay, yeah, I used my nine minutes. Uh, okay, one more. Just one, seriously, one more. Okay, be seated. How many of you, and I'm not talking about the television program, how many of you have ever heard of the Big Bang Theory. The Big raise your hand. Now remember, nature, nature and science are after I am. I used to say this to folk getting squabbles about church and leave the church, whatever. I said, well, one thing's true. I was here when you got here. And I'll still be here when you go. So before all of your 
scientific textbooks, he was. The Big Bang has at times a positive connotation, at times a negative connotation, depending on who you're listening to. Suffice it to say that folks scientifically are of the persuasion that everything was swirling around and then something made everything blow up. And out of that chaos came cosmos. Out of that disorder came order. It's kind of like dropping a china set out of a jet airplane and letting it smash into a mountain and believing that it's just going to come back together. But they've got all their mathematical equations and they work this all out. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that. They've, they've worked it all out, you know. So, so the, the, the question became, does the quantum theory, meaning that everything is moving, everything is expanding, everything is in these waves that go out and come back in, they go out in chaos, they come back in in order, does what was before the Big Bang? Next time you're in science class, ask your teacher, okay, chill, I go with you on the Big Bang. And here we were. Okay. My question is, what was before that? Now, wait a minute. What, what was before that? Okay, now watch. This <laughs> so, to any scientist worth his salt, that you ask that question, did quantum theory exist before the Big Bang? They will respond, of the initial time, we have no idea what happened. Because at T equals zero, meaning when we assume time began, all of our mathematic and scientific equations break down. In other words, we can calculate backward. And all of our models and all of our theories and all of our mathematical equations all keep running in perfect harmony and they go all the way back just before the Big Bang. But at that point, everything breaks down and goes to chaos. And nothing 
makes any sense. Okay? So then, T equals zero. Beginning of time. Beginning of time, they call singularity. And so they say that they are attempting to find if the theories we have, quantum field theory and general relativity, are working as we get closer to T equals zero. They appear to be working, watch this, at a time scale of the 10 to the minus 33 seconds after the Big Bang. Now stay with me, because here's what they're saying. They're saying, bang. And they've traced everything all the way back to just after the bang. Wait, not to the bang. Can't get there. Here's how close they can get. One millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth of a second after the Big Bang. One millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth of a second. That's how close their calculations are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth of a second after. Bang. They can get all the way back there. But they can't get to bang. And when asked... Is there nothing before the Big Bang? The answer is we don't have any idea or know anything before the Big Bang. It is possible, say they, that time started then. Or it is possible that there was time before then. It's just beyond anything we know. And he just stands there and smiles. Not some tired, old man with the ability to send you a trickle. So far beyond anything you could imagine. But he loved you enough to send his son. Just so you could catch a glimpse. And believe me, it's a glimpse. He stayed here just long enough to redeem this hell-bound planet 
for all those who would just believe. Stop thinking how small God is. How weak he must be. Stop cowering in fear to those who would attempt to perpetrate intellectual superiority over you. You're God's people. They want to talk about nature, you talk about creation. My great God. So then, a miracle is just God being himself. That's all it is. Oh, how great thou art, I guess. Stand on your feet. Stand. There's nothing else to stand on unless you want to stand on your hands. Stand. <laughs> Preacher always say that. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands. Tell of his greatness. Speak of his unspeakable glory. You want to say worthy, I guess. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then I shall bow in humble adoration. There proclaim my yod hey wah my breath, my life, my substance, my sustenance. You who by the blood of your Son are holding all things together. You who speak to creation and it responds to its creator. How great is our God. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, then I shall bow in humble adoration. There proclaim, my God, how great thou art. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout this universe display. Woo! Woo! He's bigger than all your problems. He's greater than all your fears. He's bigger than any sickness, greater than any disease, mightier than any army. I don't want to sing. I want you to tell him how great he is. 
Hold your words, hold your world together by the power of his words. Let the creator's words speak to the creation in your life. He created your family. He created your body. Your body is fearfully and wonderfully made. Let the creator speak to his creation. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.